After World War II, from 1946 to 1964, a new breed was raised up. A strong clan of brilliant, fearless, invincible people. Ones who believed they could do anything. Who changed the very culture of the entire world. This clan is the tribe known as the Baby Boomers. But somehow life happened. The J.O.B., the family, the kids. For some, divorce, remarriage, more kids, moving, new jobs, layoffs. And then the very people whose motto was, never trust anyone over 30, suddenly passed that age and now are doubling. Many now with dim vision, lost hopes, and broken dreams are fearful that it's all over and the only thing that's left is regret. But out of the ashes was born Bobby the Boomer. His mission is to inspire belief, rekindle his clan's fire, to revive the hopes and dreams of his tribe so they will rise up once again to surpass their glory days and achieve even greater things now. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! Nope! It's Bobby the Boomer! Bobby the Boomer! Hey! Bobby! Bobby boy! Yes, Grandpa? Go fix it the world! Here's Bobby. Whoa, this is Bobby the Boomer, the baby boomer's buddy, coming to you today in my mobile studio. And it is a nice, sunny Chattanooga day. Weather all over the country is crazy out here. We've been having rain and then cold and then hot and then rain and then cold. Well, no snow here in Chattanooga, but they're getting snow all the way in California, too. How about that? In places they don't get no snow. That's kind of weird. But the weather's been weird anyway, and that's Bobby the Boomer's weather forecasting. Chitter chatter. Hey, what's today's episode? Well, the last episode we were talking about why do we go through hard times? And in those hard times, sometimes we go through hard times so that God can show himself mighty. And in those uh, descriptions I was given, I talked about some miracles like when the Israelites had their back up against the mountain and their Pharisee and his army was coming at the Israelites and the Red Sea was in front of them and they was no way out. Looked like they were goners and the miracle happened when the Red Sea parted. And another one was when Jesus was in the boat sleeping away having a good time because he knew who was in charge. And there was a storm and the folks in the boat, his disciples thought they're all going to die. And Jesus got up and said, hey, be still. And the storm stopped. Well, that's a miracle when you can speak over the weather. Wouldn't you say that's a miracle? Well, let's just continue that theme. And if you hadn't heard that episode, you can certainly scroll up or down in your listening platform that you're listening to this right now. And there should be some show notes and shows, past shows. You could just see the last episode. And you can go ahead and listen to that after this one. Or if you just want to listen to that one and then this one, you can do that too. And while you're at it, can you please subscribe to the Bobby the Boom show and that way every time a new show comes out you will get notified and you won't miss a single one not even one and if you would you could give me a rating if you feel so inclined please do one to five is how the itunes do it and five is the best and one is the worst but you give me what you think i deserve and uh it's okay and i thank you either way so 
What about miracles? Have you had miracles in your life? Have you had things that you just cannot explain in any other way? You could say happenstance, but it's so incredibly weird that you just don't get it. You don't know what happened. You don't know how it happened or how you got through it. You're almost near death in certain circumstances, and somehow you just got pulled out of the fires of death, and the situation just got good, or maybe there was a ruckus and things looked like things were going to get out of hand and then like that storm things just got calm have you had any of those i want to give you about two or three miracles that i've experienced and seen in my life and maybe that'll encourage you to think about your life and go back to the baby baby boomer days when you were really young and maybe look into the past and maybe a recent recently to see if there's been any miracles how about the first miracle i'll go back to high school when bobby the boomer was in high school it was my senior year of high school and the summer before my going into my senior year i had worked all summer saving up my money i wanted a brand new 10-speed bike, because I had this old Sears and Robux bike. It was great, man. When I was a kid, I had a choice. Third grade, my parents said, you can have a saxophone for music class. We'll rent that for a year, or you can have a Sears Robux bike. Well, I enjoyed that bike. I was third grade. What are you supposed to do? I'm not. Uh, maybe some of those music kids like that destined to be a saxophone player. Maybe they made that choice, but I was destined to ride that Sears and Robux bike. And he enjoyed it for years. Anyhow, I got this fancy-smancy 10-speed bike and didn't even have it for, oh, um, one one or two months. We went into school, started the school year, and I was going home, and I rode across this intersection next to the high school, and there was this girl in my class. She was pulled over, and remember those Chevettes and Pintos? Well, she had a Chevette. She was pulled over talking to her friends at a light, and it was a red light, but she was pulled over to the side, talked to a couple of her friends, and I saw that the light had turned green, so I was going to go cut across the intersection. Well, she looked up and saw that the light had turned green, and she gunned it because she had to make a left turn. I was going straight. So, didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out, hey, <laughs> I was in the line of fire. I was in her path of left turn because I was going straight. And she hit me. Sure enough, she hit me. Whack! Hit the bike, and I went across the intersection, all the way across the uh, intersection. It was a four-way street or four-way intersection. Went all the way across, bounced off a curb, and rolled into some dirt and almost fell into a pond that was on the other side of the dirt. But I didn't, so that could be the first miracle. <laughs> but no, wait, there's more. Figured out if the car had hit me a little bit more to the right, it would have knocked me under the wheel and ran over both my legs and probably, oh, probably messed me up real bad. And I was on my way to the Marines after high school, so that probably might have changed my whole life course if it had gone just a little bit, i say even six inches more to the right instead of where it hit the bicycle. That was a miracle. How about this? When I went across the intersection, and you might not believe me, but I know that it happened, so... This is what happened. I went across that intersection and it felt like somebody was holding me up and kind of carrying me in the air across that intersection. And when I got to the curb, they just kind of like this hand just kind of like flipped me out of their hands into the into the dirt. <laughs> the reason I say that is not only did I go so smoothly across the intersection, I had blue jeans on. 
And when I got up, my bike was total. There was a fellow that was standing there, and he was so helpful. <laughs> he just kept pointing out, oh, your back wheel's all bent up. Hey, and the frame is bent. Hey, the we- the, the seat's falling out. And hey, the- look at the handlebar. It's like, I thank you very much. You're very astute. I was checking myself out more than I was checking the bike out because I was wondering, hey, I just got hit by a car pretty hard. And I went all the way across an intersection, and I'm not hurt. Didn't have any pain. Didn't have any hurt. And what's more, I had my blue jeans on like I said, and when I looked, I did not have a single scratch. My blue jeans weren't worn out, didn't have any bumps, bruises, scrapes. My sneakers weren't worn out or cut. I was okay. Yeah, not a scratch on me. The bike was destroyed. If I was just to go by the looks of the bike, I would say I should have got hurt as bad, if not worse, than that bike, that poor $80 10-speed bicycle back then in the 80s. Uh, well, no, that was 1974. Excuse me. No, that was 1973. <laughs> 80 bucks was a lot of money. I worked all summer for that one. Anyhow, but I did not have, my blue jeans didn't even have any rub marks on it, any dirt on it, even though I went into the dirt. Sneakers weren't worn out. Back wasn't scraped up. Arms weren't scraped up. I was, I believe, spared a very terrible, terrible accident. And that, to me, is a miracle. Yeah. How about you? Okay, next miracle. Let's see. I remember that my daughter, I was telling about my daughter and and how she had her heart condition. You'll have to go back to the last episode I did because I talked a little bit about it. But let's just do a Reader's Digest version. My daughter had, she was in her 20s, late 20s, and she had to have major heart surgery for a hole in her atrial wall. She had a stroke, and then, and that's what got us on track to have, be in the right place at the right time, to have a doctor who was on duty that night when we went to the ER that just happened to be a cardiologist that happened to know that there was more serious thing going on than the ER doctor thought. And my wife and I had our anniversary that weekend. We were supposed to go away for the whole weekend. And if we had not been home when my daughter had a stroke on Saturday night at 2 a.m. in the morning, she might have just gone back to sleep. And the doctor said she probably would have died. She would have had another stroke. And she wouldn't have been able to get up for help. And she would have died. So it was a miracle that we, because on our anniversary, we always go away for the weekend because we celebrating our anniversary, my wife and I. But this time, my wife said, I don't know why, but I don't want to go away for the whole weekend. And that put us in the right place at the right time to help my daughter. Then we had the happenstance with the doctors at the ER, and then the cardiologist that sent us to a cardiology hospital, our hospital that specializes in cardiology. And then they were going to do this TEE thing, stick this thing down her esophagus, and uh, go behind her heart, because then you get a better picture of it than if you go in the front where the ribs are. Kind of blocks the View. And when we got to the next hospital that specialized in young adult and children's cardiology with like holes in their hearts and stuff, and I asked about when are you going to do this TEE? Because the doctor in other hospitals said, I'm not going to do it. I don't know why, but I'm not doing it. I'm not signing off on it, and I'm not letting any of my interns do it either. And when I asked the children's cardiologist uh, what was going on and why weren't we going to do the TEE, when are we going to do the TEE? She said, Oh, no, you can't do that. That'd kill her. Because of her pulmonary hypertension, it would just put too much pressure on her heart and her lungs, and she would die. She'd have a major heart attack, or her lungs would explode, or have a major bleed out. So it's like, hmm, that's another miracle. So 
I'm not just talking, I said I was going to do two or three, but this is like just this one case was full of more than three miracles. I just can't, I can't count them all, but I count it all as one big miracle experience because she had that. Then we end up just so happened uh, when we went over to, to the Hospital of University of Pennsylvania. We uh, got the, what they said was the best cardiac surgeon, a protege of the absolute best cardiac surgeon, but the protege was going to take over for him, and she was the best cardiac surgeon for this kind of surgery in the United States. Well, being that I've been around the world in the military and I was a medic, I would say with our technology and all, Western medicine has its full pause with the pharmaceuticals and stuff, but as far as technology and equipment and techniques for surgery, hey, she is the best cardiologist for that kind of deal in the world, and we just happened to get her to do our daughter surgery. Not to mention that she was on a ventilator and was supposed to be on the ventilator for a whole week. She was off that ventilator and Less than six hours. Now, you might say that's a happenstance, and I guess you could say that. I'll give you that one. (laughs) But still, (laughs) amazing that she got off six hours instead of six days, I would say. And let's see, what else happened that was really cool? Well, she had that stroke that alerted us to take her to the hospital, get all these other things found out. But after she got there, they kept doing all these exams and stuff. And she did not have, her arm at the beginning was paralyzed. She couldn't speak. And uh, she was a mess, neurologically speaking. I love my daughter. But by the time we got all this stuff sorted out, ready to go, she had no signs, no symptoms, nothing that would have even revealed that she had had a stroke. In fact, at one point, the chief, they brought in the chief neurologist because they had all these little interns and all these little folks coming in, and they'd do the same thing. Well, follow my finger. What's my name? Who's the president? When were you born? Uh, What's three times five? That kind of stuff. And uh, they they couldn't find anything, so they got the big boy, the big chief neurologist, come in, and he started asking the same old question. I said, Doc, she's fine. She was healed. God healed her. And he just kind of rolled his eyes, and he said, I'm not so he finally got so frustrated, he pointed to his tie, and he asked, well, what's on my tie? And my daughter, like I said in my previous episode, which you can do later if you haven't, but she is an animal lover, and she went to, ended up going to veterinary nursing school. And so when he pointed to his tie, he had a bunch of birds on his, on his tie, and she looked at the tie, and she said, and I don't know for exactly, so I'm just going to paraphrase, we're going to kind of get kind of guess what he, what she said but she said that is a canadian white something something goose or swan and he looked at it looked at her and he flipped his tie upside down for the label or backwards looked at the back of the tie for the label and he said how did you know that i said doc i told you she's fine and she's always been smart she loves animals he said most people just think it's a white dot bunch of white dots on my tie I said, well, I guess you'll have to say she's okay then, huh? And he said, more than okay. So that was the cream or the icing on top of that miracle cake. So how about that? One more small miracle. And I still think I know you can say what you want, but I'm going to say it's a miracle. When we were deciding what to do, because we wanted to leave Philly, my daughter was okay from the previous miracles I was saying. She was finished with nursing school for her veterinary nursing, and she got a really good job. Now, coming close to her 30s, she was healthy and strong, and we felt that we were there for that reason, to be with her until God took care of her the way he did and the way she got physically 
healthy and stronger by the surgery when that got found out. So we felt good about letting her be on her own. She felt good about being on her own. And we didn't know the whole time that she was with us, why she was with us so long. We thought, oh, no, we got one of these kids going to live with us to work, you know, whatever. <laughs> but that wasn't the case. There was a reason behind it. We just didn't get it until all the things transpired. Sometimes, like I said with the previous episode, God puts us in a hard place and you're up against the mountain and you're looking at the water and Pharaoh's army's coming in and you're going, wow, we're in a bad spot. How did we get in this bad spot? Why are we in this bad spot? We're going to die. We're all going to die. And then the Red Sea parts and you go, hey, that's pretty cool. We just happened to be here when it parted because now we can go across and we're going to be okay. Especially when they turn around and watch the sea close in on the Pharaoh and that folks, uh, they didn't get chased by them anymore. Nope. 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 Anyhow, so when my daughter was okay, we decided, hey, we're going to get on out of Philly and we're going to go somewhere else. So we didn't know where we wanted to go. We were looking at uh, Tennessee and we were looking at Missouri because we had Ken there and we were looking at California and we were looking at Texas. And we didn't know where to go. We asked God, like, you're going to have to open the door because we don't know. And the funny thing is, Chattanooga wasn't even on our radar. We didn't even look for Chattanooga. We went to other places uh, in Tennessee trying to get, I tried to get a job with veterans because I'm a veteran, uh, VA hospital. And I tried to get a job up in where my cousin lives up in Clarksville, but there was no hospital jobs up there or jobs that would have paid our bills that I things I could have done. And uh, Missouri didn't seem to turn up anything. California got a lot of offers, but they were offering me so little money, I wouldn't, uh, we would not have been able to uh, been able to pay the bills. And, and all. So out of nowhere, we thought, well, I guess we're going to have to be in Philly for a while. Out of nowhere, this headhunter, he's a guy that finds jobs for folks. Anyhow, he sent me an email. I wasn't even sure because I was looking on jobs, ND.com uh, and Monster Jobs, a bunch of other stuff. And so this guy that I don't know him from Adam, as the saying goes, he said, hey, there's a job in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Would you like to uh, interview for that? As it turned out, it turned out to be a good job. I was getting paid, let's see, $10 more than I was getting paid in Philly. And that's pretty good since Philly's got a high cost, higher cost of living than Chattanooga. So that's pretty good. That's a miracle in itself. The job was nice. It had a bunch of guys that were military, most of them, that I get along with good because I'm military. So I haven't had that camaraderie for years and years. And I get to fix things. And we're in a place that's beautiful. And it's got beautiful mountains, beautiful scenery, beautiful people. And it's just a beautiful place. So. That may be coincidental, but small miracle. Uh, are there any small miracles? I don't think so. Anyhow, <laughs> I hope this uh, episode or this show encourage you to kind of think in your life, kind of sit do the rocking chair deal there, or just kind of sit somewhere quiet a little bit and think about your life and things and circumstances that might happen, or with family members or friends, and you might come up with just uh, you might just be surprised on how many miracles happen in your life and affected others that you know and love. I hope you did enjoy this episode, and I hope you will come back for the next episode, and the next one after that, and the next one after that. And until then, I will just say this is Bobby the Boomer, the Baby Boomer's buddy, saying to you, goodbye, and God bless. Bye.